0: Hello everybody, welcome to the NC Real Estate Podcast. My name is Natasha Collins and I am the founder of NC Real Estate, which includes its members club for landlords and property investors to get together and build a property portfolio that completely aligns with their financial goals. On today's podcast, I'm going to be talking about the rise of down valuations. But first, I wanted to jump into some of the news headlines that have caught my attention this week. The first one is the housing discrimination complaint against Facebook. On Friday, the US Department of Housing filed a complaint against Facebook for violating the Fair Housing Act by allowing landlords and homeowners to use its advertising platform, which they claim discriminates against any target audience that the landlord or homeowner doesn't want living there. If you didn't know it, when you use Facebook ads, you get to set who your target audience is. Basically, your target audience is your ideal customer. If you include everyone, then you are needlessly spending money broadcasting to people who just aren't interested. I'm interested in how far this will go and the knock-on effect for the global property industry. Right now, agents target certain people for certain properties, and they will advertise in different publications depending on the reader. Now, of course, I definitely don't believe that you should be targeting people based upon race or culture, because I don't think it has anything to do with the property that you're going to live in. Um, but it, what it, this will start to see, and of course, this is US at the moment, but of, these things inevitably come across to the UK. What we will start to see is that Agents will have to look at where they're targeting their audience and actually make it a bit more of a level playing field for everybody to get access to these prop- these properties. Now, in response to this, Facebook have said that it's limiting the ability for advertisers to exclude audience that relate to attributes such as ethnicity or religion, which is fantastic. I I do run Facebook ads and I've never seen those over there, but then I'm not looking for them. So I didn't know that that was a thing, but I'm so glad that that now isn't a way that you can target people. And I think that is a really positive move. I think as property investors and landlords, what we can take away from this is that we need to start having a look at who we are targeting for our properties. And if we're we're allowing agents to advertise them where they're advertising them. Of course, places like Rightmove, and Zoopla are level playing fields. Everybody can have a look. They can set their targets. And I think that's brilliant. I think that should be the place that we do advertise. Because of course, as as people who are listing properties, we have to follow the Estate Agents Act. So we do have to make sure that we are communicating properties and representing them for the truth of what they are. So putting them on these portals where you do get that level playing field I think is fantastic. I do also think that we need to keep an eye on this story because as it develops I think there'll be changes to the legislation in the UK setting out exactly how you can advertise your property, where you can advertise your your property and how that makes it even more of a fair way of advertising so that it doesn't exclude anyone. So It's something that we need to keep an eye on This that's happening in the the US because very quickly it will have a knock-on effect in the UK and I really hope that for those of you who are using Facebook ads to advertise your property because I've seen people doing it in the UK, this isn't just a US thing that you aren't, discriminating against anybody. You are purely just advertising this in places where you think actually there's potential tenants going to be here and they'd be interested in this property. So this is going to be a developing story but I thought I would start the conversation around it and I'll be interested to see how this develops. My second news story of the week is from Twitter, and if you didn't know that I had a Twitter handle, go and follow me, it's at ncreal underscore estate. One thing that I've been tagged in this week, which I'm not sure if people are doing it to try and get me fueled up and give a response, or they just want me to see the discussion, is the hashtag, #ventyourrent. your rent. If you haven't been on Twitter and read this, then I do think you should go over there and see what's going on because it is interesting. This is a place for tenants to get together under the same hashtag and vent about what is wrong with the rental system in the UK. And to a certain extent, it gets completely blown out of proportion. You've also then got angry landlords who can see their tenants venting their rent and complaining about the fact that they're not being honest about what's going on in the property. For example, there was one argument where a tenant was saying that they weren't given enough notice when the landlord wanted to move back into their own property. Although the landlord was saying that they'd been given two months notice and the tenant just didn't respond. I think that venting this publicly is such a nightmare because you open up a whole can of worms and it can completely destroy that landlord and tenant relationship, which is so vital when you're renting a property. What is interesting though is that you can start seeing where the problems are in the property industry and why tenants hate renting so much. Now one thing that I hate with this hashtag is the fact that if someone says, actually I've managed to save up and buy a property, they you get torn to shreds. It's definitely not impossible to save up and buy a property because people do it all the time. I know there's people out there who complain, complain, complain and they just don't do anything about it and it absolutely winds me up. If you wanna buy a property, you will find a way of doing it. I'm just about to launch a challenge actually this week, a free challenge where I'm gonna teach you how to find this property and th- this money and start buying properties. So to a certain extent is a bit of a trolling hashtag, but it is interesting because you can start to see where the problems of the industry lie and why it gets so much media attention. For the most part, a lot of journalists are on Twitter and they are having a look at what's going on over there. And these are such quote-worthy, quote-worthy things that you can just take and put in your publication. And that's what winds me up because actually to a certain extent, yes, there are there are rogue landlords out there who shouldn't be allowed to let properties and I hope they end up in jail. But there are also a lot of good landlords who just aren't told about what's going on in their properties because tenants are scared of them. Tenants are scared that if they tell their their landlord exactly what's going on, that the landlord will then go, oh, I'm gonna evict you because I don't want you in the property anymore. I don't actually think that that's something that happens, but this moves me on to quite nicely the third newsworthy story this week. And that's all about the Ministry of Housing's consultation around three-year tenancies. And that's now closed. That closed on the 26th of August. But what I was drawn to within that consultation was the fact that actually it seemed to be that landlords were being blamed for kicking their tenants out through things that weren't the fault of the tenant and I quite I found it quite a hostile consultation because I think the biggest problem that there is in the landlord and tenant sector at the moment is the fact that There is no education about the rights of the landlord and the tenant. And I think it's very, very, very important that everybody knows what's going on. If you're signing a contract to rent a property, you should understand what that contract means. The same as, as a landlord, you need to understand your obligations, but also what you can do if a tenant doesn't play ball. If both sides are uneducated, then... So that leads to really terrible things because you stop being able to understand the other side. So the landlord doesn't understand the tenant and the tenant doesn't understand the, the landlord. Now, if all of these tenants who are renting on this vent your rent hashtag went to environmental health and complained about their landlord and said, you know what, this isn't okay. Environmental health would step in and they would make the landlord sharpen up. The same as for... Landlords who think that you cannot evict your tenant, well, actually, for 92% of cases where landlords do serve notice on their tenant for the eviction, they will get them out without any problems whatsoever. So it is, there are remedies to every situation. It's just that not being educated and what's going on stops people from being able to take the action that they want in order to get a really good living situation and the situation that they want and that's from both parties the other thing is 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 that I think people get into this negative spiral of what they don't what like so especially in residential properties tenants will go home and they'll be able to look at the mold or the damp or the things that are wrong with their property and then they start stewing on it landlords cannot landlords aren't mind readers, they can't see what's going on. And so that can completely escalate because in the tenant's mind, it's getting worse and worse and worse and worse. But the one thing that they haven't done is pick up the phone and told the landlords. And so that's where wires get crossed and these things get blown out of proportion. I know for a lot of the landlords and most of the landlords that I come across, they do not want their tenants to be suffering. And so they would rather hear what's going on than they would their tenants sit in silence just stewing. And so what's really important and what I've said to the Ministry of Housing as the outcome of this consultation is that there needs to be education about landlords' rights and tenants' rights so that both sides know and they can work together to make sure that the properties are the best they possibly can be and that requires feedback. As with everything, it requires feedback. So if a tenant feels that actually, oh, this isn't how I wanted it to be, let the landlord know they also have to stand their ground the tenant should stand their ground if they're not living in a safe comfortable environment then definitely tell somebody you can even go to citizen's advice or environmental health take action to make sure that the landlord does something because if they do that environmental health can take away the landlord's rights to be able to evict them so that gives them that safety it also means that the landlord has to do something about it. So there are remedies to every single problem, but it's just that people don't know about it. And then you get this anger. Now there's always going to be anger. People are always going to want to vent their frustrations. But I think that it's getting to a point where if you're having to attack people on social media for actually trying to do the right thing or actually getting themselves into a situation where everybody else wants it, I think it's disgraceful. I really do think it's disgraceful and I think one of the big things that the Ministry of Housing should do now is start the education process so that everybody knows what's going on. The other thing that they need to do is make sure that there's that education around the difference between English, Scottish and Welsh landlord, so that everybody knows what's going on in those different parts of the country. Most landlords and property investors invest across the different countries so they need to understand the difference in tenancy agreements and how to follow appropriate legislation so education is key here and that's something i do in the members club as well i make sure that we put that education out there for landlords and property investors so that you can provide your tenants with safe comfortable secure housing but there definitely needs to be more education more support out there so that these things can be helped. It doesn't need to be these massive headlines, it just needs to be a good discussion and improving knowledge and I think things will get far better. So let's move on to the main topic of this week and that is the rise of down valuations. Down valuations are values which are given by banks which are less than the purchase price agreed. One in five properties are now being downvalued this year compared with two years ago when it was just one in 20. eMove have put that together and that's astonishing. So why and when do down valuations happen? Well, they happen when house prices are falling or rising at a quick pace. They can happen when transaction levels aren't at the rate that they usually are or there isn't enough evidence for a surveyor to rely on the current price. So they have to value it below the sale or estimated price. Just remember, if surveyors get this wrong, they will be sued by the bank. So it's vital that they make sure that they're giving the correct value on a property. Let's have a bit of a look at the mortgage valuation just so we can understand that a bit more. So the RICS's definition is that it is a limited check carried out to ensure the house is worth the amount of money being paid for it and to calculate the loan the lender is able to offer. Market value is based on comparable market evidence. And usually this is evidence from three or more comparable transactions, plus the knowledge of the surveyor for the local market and their understanding of supply and demand. This is why when you have a mortgage valuation carried out, surveyors are often local to the area because they have the most in-depth market knowledge. Remember as well with the mortgage valuation that the surveyor is completing the mortgage valuation on behalf of the lender, not on behalf of you as the borrower. The valuation is used to safeguard the bank from any loss that could occur due to lending too much against the property. It also aligns their capital adequacy requirements under financial regulations. So again, I repeat, the reason that, Mortgage, mortgage lenders have valuations carried out It's because they need to protect themselves so that they are only lending the right amount of money against a property. They do not want to lend any more than, it, than the property is worth because they put themselves at risk. So what causes down valuations? Well, the first is that there are unrealistic house price valuations. This is where Agents put properties on the market, which are far in excess of where the market actually is. And this means that market value isn't the same as the asking price for a property. Uh, I've experienced this a lot in Southwest London at the moment, if properties are being put on the market at huge sums of money and then sitting there just waiting to be sold. The other reason that down valuations, are caused is because lenders are preparing for another house price crash, and at the moment, they've got no idea what's going to happen from Brexit, there are tighter financial controls, and there's also a lack of supply coming to the market. So as much as I can say that there are um, huge uplifts in sale values, there's actually not that much on the market at the moment. I'm sure you'll all agree with me. Good deals are few and far between right now. Worryingly, and I'm going to take this one step far further, recent experience has also shown me that banks are down valuing even before the valuation is requested. When you ask for a mortgage, they will use online valuation calculators to decide what the value is. I find this crazy. Zoopla is the main culprit. The problem with this is that Zoopla doesn't always compare apples with apples, if you know what I mean. So what the what's happening is that you're phoning up a bank and you're saying to the bank, okay, I would like an offer in principle because I'm looking to buy this property. Usually what then happens is they have a quick search and figure out how much they think the value of the property is. Of course, they can't see the property. So they're using online portals such as Zoopla to give them that estimation of market value. Zoopla, whilst it does compare different sold prices, it's a computer system, so it can't see the similarities or differences in properties. So for example, if a property in the local area has been sold at a really low value because there's a huge amount of defects on it, it doesn't take that into account. So that can bring the average price lower. Or if a property has been sold at a ridiculously high value because it's got additional features, then again, that can also impact upon the average. So I don't Necessarily think that Zupla is the best place to be looking for that that estimated property value. Unfortunately, whilst you on your own could probably look at this, uh, look at Zupla and think, okay, so this property is similar to my property because of X, Y, and Z, and so is this one. So I'm going to use that as comparable evidence. Zoopla just takes into account all recent transactions that are of a similar property of what you're looking for, and. Um, my partner and I have just experienced this with Leeds Building Society. Um, Whoppingly, they valued the flat that we live in at the moment at 417,000 pounds when the exact same spec flat sold this month for 500,000 pounds. So there is a difference there in what the lender, so the lender will only lend up to 417,000 pounds, whereas there's comparable evidence for 500,000 pounds and they will not lend any higher than that which is mad, and that is purely based upon a Zoopla valuation. So how can you prevent down valuations? Because obviously this is a big worry. You don't wanna just be phoning up a bank, giving them an estimated price, and then they say (laughs) they're going, um, oh, well Zoopla says it's this, we're not lending anymore. Well, you've gotta start off by doing your research. Look for recent comparable evidence which you can use to predict market value where markets are unstable or uncertain, aim to get the sale price 10% below where the market is based upon your comparable evidence research. So you do have to be good at finding comparable evidence and similar market transactions and getting yourself an estimate of where the market is before even putting an offer in. In areas which are really uncertain, so really, really uncertain, you should be waiting a few months. I was talking to a surveyor the other day, and this is by no means a recommendation, but they said that they're waiting until March to buy. But again, they're Southwest London, and so they think that around that time is when they are going to be uh, looking at buying again. But other people are saying different things, and it really does depend on the area, which is why you have to get so, so, so involved in the local area and understand what prices are doing. What should you do, though, if you do get a down valuation? Well, the first thing is is renegotiate with the seller. This puts you and the bank at a lower risk, which could be a win-win. You could always apply for a valuation with a different bank, but just remember that this is going to take time, and you're going to have to find a, a lender that agrees with your valuation. You could top up the difference between the the, what the bank are prepared to lend you and the purchase price of the property with your own cash, if that's something you want to do. Or you can wait and find a different property. Now that you know where the market is, you will have a better idea of the price you should be negotiating at. So those are all of the things that you can do. And remember in an uncertain market, whilst yes, eventually you should be able to pick up some really, really, really good value properties people don't quite know what's going on. And so sellers can often hope for more than than actually where the market is. And it can make everybody a little bit panicky as well. So if someone's got a property on the market, at say 400,000 pounds, and you're putting in an offer at 300,000 pounds, not only is the seller going to find that really insulting, they're also going to get, start getting panicky that perhaps their property is not worth as much as it is, they may pull the the property from the market. You just have to be aware of this, that in uncertain times, people act in a rather panicky state. (laughs) So just just bear that in mind if that's something that's happening in your local area. Now I do just wanna hit on the fact that yes, there are some areas where the market seems like to be having a huge wobble and Southwest London really, there is not too much further that prices can rise at the moment because first-time t- first buyer flats are on the market for £465,000 above, and above like, for a one-bedroom flat, which I think is madness. I really do think it's madness. But to try our luck, we've just put our property on the market for £465,000 and I'll let you know how that goes because I think we're at the top end of the market. And what I think is going to happen here as we're going to we'll sell it for somewhere around that price we'll bank the money for a while and we'll buy somewhere as the market drops probably in the next six to nine months if it doesn't drop okay fabulous you know what I, I was wrong but sometimes you have to we we're betting on that for the moment and it will work quite well for us because we can put our money into other markets for the time being and I'll let you know how we get on with that as I go um but there are certain markets where things have leveled out but don't seem to be dropping. For example, I also invest in Bath and I have noticed over the last couple of months that, that prices kind of have leveled out. They've come down a lot over the last 12 months but I think that was necessary. But now that the prices are looking um, more stable, it probably be, it's going to be a good time for me to have a look back down there and see if we I can pick up something. Um, similarly uh, with, Properties around the Midlands as well. I've noticed that the Midlands have kind of leveled out so there would be good deals up there to get at the moment. So you've always got to be aware of the property markets and what's going on. But this rise in down valuation, in times of uncertainty, it's more important than ever to make sure you have a comprehensive understanding of the market you are looking to buy in. I cannot stress that enough. Research and knowledge is so key here. You want to pay the best price possible for a property and that's definitely not more than it's worth. So even if the bank comes back to you and says we're only lending up to this amount and you've agreed to pay more, that should send you warning signs. The red flag should be waving where you're thinking oh okay how do I change this around? And here's the thing you can even play the banks at their own game. You could check Zoopla as a guide for what you're paying after all if that's what the banks are using then it's worth you using it too so you don't you know that you will probably get lending of course you've got to go out and have the valuation done before you know but it gives you that little backup so I wanted to tell you about this today because i think it's very important that you understand that this is happening now more and more and it means that we're in a time of uncertainty and banks do not want to be in a position of risk. Seriously, they don't. They're protecting their backs at the moment because they have no idea what's going to happen. And I think we need to be aware of that and we need to make sure that we should only be paying what a property is worth now or maybe what a property is worth if the price drops. Because you do not want to be stuck with a mortgage that is worth more than the value of the property. And who knows what's going to happen as we leave the eu who really does know we don't and as i said last week we need to be watching places like new zealand now that they have said that overseas buyers can't buy in new zealand we'll watch that and see what the trend is but ultimately who knows this is kind of an anomaly where we don't quite know what's going to happen so we need to watch and wait and the banks are doing the same thing which is why They want to be as risk-averse as possible because they want to come out of it the other side. So I hope this has been useful for you. I hope it's given you a few tips and I hope it's meant that you will now keep your eye open for these down valuations and know what to do if that happens. Thank you so much for listening to me today. It's been an absolute pleasure having you. Do remember to go over to www.ncrealestate.co.uk where you can find out about every single thing that I have to offer over there. Also remember to come over to Facebook. If you're on Facebook, come and join the Facebook group, Property Investment Mastery. It's the place where I get in there and I host discussions and we can have some really good property investment chat. And if you've liked this podcast, don't forget to, Hit like and subscribe so that you get it every single week, Tuesday mornings, straight into whatever player you have for your podcasts. Thank you again for joining me this week. I cannot wait to catch up with you again soon.